Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. When we're with people that we can influence, we want to have this character trait of wisdom because it's like precious gold. And God, he uses that refining process of life and trials and suffering and confusion and doubts and fears and self-doubts and self-fears and anxiety and even stress and pressure and failures. He uses all of that to refine us through the fire to create in us wise believers wise believers. There's nothing like an on-fire believer, but there's nothing like an on-fire wise believer. Because it's one of those character traits that you just, you want to listen to that person because they've got gold in their mouth. They've got gold and we need that in this day and age when it is so easy to make a tweet or a quote or say something and put it out there in a public arena and yet a year later we might have changed our minds and how do you go back on that? Uh, And so we are in an instant gratification society where we need wisdom more than ever before. And today's society is, is so... Uh, movable and shapeable by things and people that really shouldn't be moving and shaping things. And so we've got to have this character trait of wisdom. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. In this day and age, we want knowledge and understanding directly from him. Directly from him. I want to just cover um, two streams of wisdom, if you like, today that I believe uh, help us understand this gift or this character trait of wisdom. And one is the gift of wisdom and one is growing in wisdom. Because 1 Corinthians 12 verse 8 says, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. And Paul is talking here to the church and he lists off a whole lot of gifts of the Spirit that we can attain given by the Holy Spirit to us as believers to edify the body and to influence the earth, if you like, for God's glory. And he's talking here about to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom or a gift of wisdom or a spirit of wisdom, if you like. And what this is talking about is a specific anointing, a specific gift. And I believe this is a gift that um, we can see on Solomon. We can see in various times on Daniel. We can see clearly on Jesus. But we can see at certain times where the apostles had to make decisions and, and you could see that they needed something of the anointing of the Spirit of God to make the right decision. Which way do I go? Paul talks about being led by the Spirit in certain directions and held back by the Spirit. So he had insight, he had knowledge, he had understanding, or as the Bible calls it, wisdom to know where to go and where not to go. That's a gift of the Spirit. That's a specific gift. And I believe that gift is available to all of us. It doesn't mean we'll always float on a cloud in this gift of wisdom, but I believe at the right time, just when you need it, He will give you the gift of wisdom if we ask for it. The second one is that the growing in wisdom, almost the natural growth of wisdom. 
And this is where we daily ask for wisdom and this is where we gain wisdom as believers to learn how to conduct ourselves, how to build character, how to bear fruit for the kingdom and how to grow in those traits of wisdom in our daily lives. They're two different things. That's the way I see it anyway. One is a specific anointing of wisdom and one is a growth in our natural character of wisdom. And so let's just look at that first one for a minute. I can remember when um, we when we had our pipe manufacturing factory in the early days we had um, we had imported believe it or not two million dollars worth of pipe from Saudi Arabia and uh, it's a strange place to import pipe from but it's that's the fact we did and um, we'd bought this product and we'd sent it down to Tasmania for a water pipeline project and it was very early days in, in a new style of pipe for us, so we were learning a lot and um, probably didn't know a lot. We didn't tell everyone that. But um, anyway, so we sent down this, I don't know, 10, 15 kilometres worth of pipe in shipping containers from Saudi. It came here. We checked it all out, sent it down to Tasmania. Lo and behold, they had some issues with it down there and some quality issues, just things, just minor things really. Um, but... Um, then they got a whole team of engineers together down there, the water authorities, consulting engineers, and, and they conducted some tests on the pipe. Uh, because believe it or not, even in the pipe game, there are biases toward the left and the right. <laughs> do I like this pipe or do I like that pipe? And I mean, it's everywhere, isn't it? Even the ants probably prefer, I like those breadcrumbs and I like those breadcrumbs. But anyway, so we were in this situation where um, this whole group of people got together and they had particularly some steel pipe engineers and they were the devil in my industry. And um, so they were the opposition. Uh, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> but they were conducting some tests on, on my pipe and um, I heard that they'd burst the pipes and way under pressure and it was just not... Uh, a very good test result at all. And I remember this sort of thing fires me up when things like that happen and they're out of my control. And I know I'm being unduly dealt with and talked about. If you ever want to fire me up, do that about me. <laughs> um, and um, anyway, so I remember my engineer came to me and he said, uh, he said they're, they're bursting pipes left, right and centre, way under pressure. So, you know, the pressure might be what we call a uh, you know, a PN10, and they're failing at a half that pressure. And so, um, so anyway, I'm hearing about this, and inside I'm going, my goodness, what is going on? The Saudis have done me a dirty deal, and, you know, everything I've heard about them is right, you know. Um, anyway, so uh, I'm thinking about this, and I thought, no. Nah. So I jumped on a plane the next day. I went down to the site at Tasmania. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this one. Because I was... I, um, and Karen knows this, uh, I don't know if I should share this publicly, but it's sort of half out now. So in my earliest days of working life, I had a, um, I had a, what's the word? I had a, a term that some people would use about me uh, and it was called smug. And um, I don't know how anyone could call me smug, but... Um, that's what I was known as in my earlier years. And uh, because I prided myself when people came into the store I worked at of knowing every single thing, even when they were trying to fool me, I would know they're trying to fool me because I knew my products and codes and everything better than anyone else. And so 
um, I, I did the same in, in, in the fiberglass pipe game, but this was kind of new. So I'm thinking, okay, I can't go down there smug because I'm not sure what's going on here. Anyway, so we get to the, the testing um, parameter that's set up and the pipes in there and and um, I remember walking around and there's maybe 10, 10 of us and I'm thinking, I'm actually praying at this time. I didn't always pray, you know, in work situation, but at this time I'm actually walking around the pipe praying, going, you're going to have to help me, God, because we got 15 kilometres of this pipe in the ground. It's come from Saudi Arabia. We're not, we haven't got coverage on this thing. You can't send it back. Uh, and this is one of our first projects with this new style of pipe. And so... Uh, they just failed it. They showed me the shredded pipe. And I remember looking and I looked down the shredded pipe and it had a line down the side of it just ripped open, torn open. And instantly it, it came to me, that's not how pipe fails. And, um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a super specialist, but I know enough about pipes. I lived and breathed them for a number of years. Um, and uh, I'm looking at this thing thinking, something's gone wrong here someone's done something. And I'm thinking sabotage. I'm thinking that's those steel pipe guys, you know. Um, you know, so all sorts of thoughts come up. And instantly, and, and I'm just going to digress a little bit onto an engineering term. I don't know if there's any engineers here, but there's this thing called Poisson's ratio effect that takes place when you fill a pipe with water, it actually expands. So it stretches like that and it shrinks. And the amount that it stretches and shrinks is calculated by this Poisson's ratio effect or formula, if you like. And I took one look at it and that thought came into my head, Poisson's ratio. And I'm thinking, what the? You know, I had heard of Poisson's ratio before and I'd studied it and, and looked into it. But I'm looking at the pipe thinking, is that possible? Anyway, then I look down and I see that they've chocked the pipe. They've put some chocks in the side of the pipe. And I'm thinking, of course, if Poisson's ratio expands the pipe, they've chocked it under high pressure. It's forced it to crack and it's split it all the way down. And I just blurted that out to the guys. I said, hey, guys, you shouldn't have chocked this thing because of Poisson's ratio effect. I'm thinking, <laughs> And all the and do you know what? Instantly, the, all the engineers knew that I was right. And but I was a lot skinnier and younger, and you know, I, I looked like I knew nothing back then. No grey hair. And um, I think they were a little bit shocked. That's the gift of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and insight that you don't in the natural actually have, or maybe you do have it tucked away somewhere in there, and the Spirit of God just pulls it up at the right moment, at the right time, in the right arena. And I remember flying home the most relieved person in the world. I, I, I think I went straight to the Qantas Lounge, got a Red Bull, and just sat in the couch and thank you, Jesus. I drank Red Bull back then, okay? It's not okay right now, but... So... I remember at that time thinking that was a distinct moment where the gift of the spirit of wisdom of God comes into a situation and I believe there are situations like that available to us many, many times. And if we will pray and ask for the gift of wisdom, he will give it. The Bible says that. In fact, we'll read that. I think it's in James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. 
So without how bad you've been this week, it doesn't matter. He wants to give you wisdom anyway. He actually wants us believers to be people that others can come to and ask advice. Why? Because they see it in us and they hear it in us. There's wisdom flowing from us. Who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. There's no conditions on the gift of wisdom. There's no conditions on how much the Father wants to bless you with wisdom to know how to solve that situation with your family, in your work situation, with your finances, with your health, with different situations that are going on your life right now. He has a treasure trove of wisdom to pull up from inside of you somewhere that he will make available if you will ask him. And he won't find fault and he won't count all your sins this week and your doubts and fears. He will give it to you. Why? Because he's a gracious, loving, heavenly dad. And he wants to bless us with this gift of wisdom. I believe it is so underrated. It's so underrated. I mean, I think about Solomon, the wealthiest person to ever walk the earth, apart from Jesus. I know that's what you're thinking. But it's incredible the wealth he had and he was known for wisdom. So we need a lot of wisdom if we really are going to make a dent in this world. We need a lot of wisdom to know how to conduct ourselves. Uh, you know, there's been a number of things this week that, that, that I could have reacted to and I've thought, no, nah, it's just not even worth my energy. Because the enemy will take us down so many rabbit trails to distract us from God's plan and his purpose. Just try Facebook for one day. There's rabbit trails everywhere. Everywhere. And so it's like that in our lives, isn't it? The enemy, sometimes his strategy is just to wear us down. And it's not even with big ghosts and goblins and all sorts of scary things. It might just be with something called distractions. Distractions, lethargy, laziness, whatever you want to call it. There's a whole heap of things that he uses that we don't put in his warfare basket, but they're very mundane, they're very boring, they're very easy, they're very easy to swallow, but we don't realise that all the while we're taking the bait. We're taking the bait because it's just those very calm things, those very easy to miss things. And so I believe that as we pray for this gift of wisdom, we will gain knowledge, we will gain understanding and we'll gain insight and then it will actually start to be a daily thing that we grow naturally. And we won't necessarily need him to save us and rescue us in situations. We will actually know in advance because the word insight means we'll be able to see into situations and so we'll actually be able to hear the heart of the Father in situations and go, wow, I know what's coming. I know what to do about that. Um, there's a, a whole lot of stuff that I could say when it comes to, to wisdom and, and investments and, and all of that arena. But one thing I do know, if I want to summarise that, is when it comes to wisdom, one of the traits that comes with that and it's a golfing term, I'm not a golfer, but I've heard this term enough, is play the long game. People with wisdom plan and play for the long game. 
That is, they plan in advance. They're not just living for today. They're not just uh, doing things for today with no thought or care for what it's going to mean in a year or two's time. They're, they're thinking about things. They're, they're dwelling on things. And, and they're actually making plans. If, if plans are coming forth and if God's leading them to make plans, they're making plans. And when we think with some longevity, we actually find ourselves making wise decisions. When I was in my uh, 20s, late 20s, particularly in business, I remember one particular sales manager, state manager of South Australia for our resin supplier, and he always used to say to me, I can't believe the risks you're willing to take in business. And he was always just, just amazed. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm in my late 20s, I'm thinking, it's nothing because I've got nothing. I've got nothing. And so I wasn't even thinking a few years in advance because you're just going for it. And then after a few years and you build up something and you build up a little bit more, you begin thinking, wow, okay, I'm going to have to apply a little bit of wisdom to this so that I can keep this thing. And so this is what happens over time when we begin to play the long game. We still need faith. We still need inspiration from the Holy Spirit. We still need the fire of God and all of those things. But we begin to think with longevity. We begin to think, wow, what's it going to look like if I drink Red Bull for the rest of my life every day? And believe me, I've had those thoughts because it's not good for you, but it tastes beautiful. But what I'm saying, I, there's more to it than what I'm saying in this because we take this seriously in our lives. We think about what's it going to look like if I keep eating and drinking the way I am today in 30 years' time. And if the doctor tells me I've got high cholesterol, I'll say, duh, of course I've got high cholesterol. I eat hot chips every single day. Do you know what I mean? I know that's deep. It's deep, but it's true. And so we are accountable for what we do in this life. We are accountable. You are personally responsible for the decisions you make. No one else. No one else. In today's day and age, there's, it, it's, it's absolutely popular to blame every other person for what we're going through right now. Blame the political parties. Blame this. Blame the stock market. Blame the local club. Blame everyone else other than take responsibility for our personal situation. I'm not talking about our health, but it includes our health. It includes our relationships. It includes our jobs. It includes our behaviour. It includes our speech. It includes how we reacted to life's problems and sufferings and trials because those bad things happen to all of us. I mean, we could fill a book if we all wrote down the different stuff that we've been through and, and some have been through terrible, terrible things. But some who I honour and value the most have walked through those terrible, terrible things, but you wouldn't even know it because they've taken personal responsibility and been self-aware and laid it at the cross and they've gone through forgiveness and heart healing and they've dealt with that stuff and they don't put it on anyone else, but they've walked through it with Jesus and they're the freest people alive today, those people who have done that because of wisdom. Wisdom. Some people might not think that's wisdom, but I think that's almost the highest form of wisdom. When someone's been through tragedy and trial in their life, but they've taken full stock of it with Jesus and they don't blame others for it. They're not putting that agenda and all that hurt onto everyone else, but they're actually taking it and saying, all right, Lord, I'm going to forgive those people who've hurt me. I'm going to get over this stuff. I'm going to begin walking out in a new way and bring healing and bring life. 
This is wisdom. Wisdom is a powerful gift. Proverbs 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. The Bible actually talks a lot about wisdom. When I did a search on passages relating to wisdom, you can pretty much throw in the whole of Proverbs and then you can throw in just a whole lot of the New Testament. And even though it may not say the word wisdom, often it'll use insight, understanding, knowledge. And so the Bible, the kingdom of God, is really concerted. It's really prioritising the fact that we are to be wise people in the kingdom. Our prayer would be that we would grow so much in wisdom that people would come, they would come and say, I need some of your advice. But you have to walk through it for people to actually want to come and eat of that tree. It's very common in these day and age. Uh, with, I mean, quotes are just dime a dozen, aren't they? Quotes, 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 getting thrashed around the, around the world. Uh, quote this, quote that. And it's amazing. I love a lot of them. And, and I look at a lot of them and get challenged by a lot of them. But it's so easy to put out there quotes and stuff and yet not have not having walked through the tough stuff to actually own that quote. We don't want to just be a resounding gong, echoing the voices of what other people think and believe. We actually want to be those with first-person voices, first-person voices. I've experienced this, I've walked through this, but here's what I've learned. Wise ones, wise ones who actually have the depth of the kingdom of God inside of us that we don't have to repeat what Bill Johnson thinks about something. I love Bill Johnson. But, you know, the amount of times I hear people just quoting off another pastor, and I do it myself from time to time, we want to be quoting the heart of God. We want to be quoting the voice of Jesus for us. Because do you know what? He looks better through you than I do through you or someone else does through you. Because you are called to be empowered in first person with Jesus Christ yourself, not through someone else. And I don't know about you, but it, it gets tiring, doesn't it? It gets tiring when you try to live your life through someone else or through someone else's successes. Why? Because that shoe doesn't fit you. It wasn't meant to fit you. You've got a specific anointing, a specific calling, and it looks like you. It sounds like you. And when we gather that and we go, wow, okay, all right, Lord, what does that actually look like for me? What does that look like for me? And then we begin going to his table directly, sitting at his feet, hearing from him. Okay, Lord, I want to know what to do in this work situation because I could ask plenty of people and we do that still as well. We get as much advice as we can. And the Bible talks about that getting counsel. It's a godly thing. But going to Jesus and saying, all right, I want to hear from you. Because if I want to stand on this thing, I actually want to know it's from you. Not just from everyone else. Not just from Instagram. Not just from every, every other voice or just because, you know, everyone's heading in that direction. I'm telling you, sheep will go wherever the grass is greenest. I had this experience this week. One of our sheep was 
trying to barge its way through a gate and it was too big for the gate. I mean, I'd chained the gate, but it was going through whether it was getting stuck there or not. So this thing was stuck there for a whole day. And so I went up there and it took a lot of effort to get this sheet through, but I looked at the grass in that paddock and I know what it was going for. It's going for those little green buds that are starting to pop up. There's little green buds, and they were all heading for that thing. Even despite there being a fence there, they're all heading for that thing. Little do they know there's plenty of food in their current paddock, and we're just about to top it up, and there's water there. There's not water there. And so it's so interesting, our human nature, isn't it? God will call you where he calls you, not where everyone else is going necessarily. He will call you where he wants you. He will place you where he wants you because he loves you and he wants to use you where you are. And it's, it's such a, a fight in modern day times to fight for the voice of the Lord. I want to encourage you, fight for his voice over your life. Not for the voice of everyone else, but his voice. Because when you hear his voice, you're unshakable, you're unmovable. Things will come, winds will blow, but you won't be guessing anymore because I heard the voice of the Lord. I know he told me to do this. I know he's called me here. And so over the, over the next few weeks, I want to encourage you, begin praying for wisdom. We need so many people with wisdom. We have a lot of people with wisdom. And we thank God for it all the time because it's such a gift to have people around us with wisdom. And even if you haven't got grey hair yet, you can still have wisdom. <laughs> you can still have wisdom. Why don't you stand? Thank you. Let's get the worship team up and... Um, we're just going to pray for wisdom. Is that okay? You may have never done this before. You may think this is kind of a boring thing to ask for. Let me tell you, in 20 years' time, you will not think wisdom is boring. Wisdom is like treasure. It is like treasure. And it will prevent disasters from coming in our lives and our families. It will prevent all sorts of things. It will also promote the kingdom of God in ways that we can never do in the natural. So let's lift our hands just with a hungry heart today and ask him for his spirit of wisdom. Lord, we thank you that you are so willing to shower us with your good gifts. And today we ask you for this gift of wisdom, supernatural wisdom from your hand, that you would empower us even right now as we stand here with this incredible gift of wisdom that even some who today are standing here and they do not know how to solve this situation that they are walking through you will give them supernatural insight and give them the answers and give them the breakthroughs even if it means a tough confrontation with someone Lord, I pray that you would give us so much understanding and so much knowledge that we would be overflowing with wisdom. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and fill us with wisdom. Fill us with wisdom, with the spirit of wisdom, a spirit of wisdom today. Lord, I pray that we would go from this place empowered by your spirit. It's not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. 
And so, Lord, we ask for so much wisdom to know how to handle ourselves in, in work situations, in conflicts, in thinking of new great dreams and schemes and things of the kingdom and of, and of our careers and promotions and all of the stuff you had ahead of us. Give us spiritual insight, supernatural insight to know what investments to make and what investments not to make. Lord, that you would give us your power and might as we decide on things, as we walk with you, as we talk with you, I pray that you would open the doors, open the doors of wisdom over this house, that this house would be known as a place of wisdom. where we're not blown about by every wind of doctrine, where we're not blown about by every different thought and agenda and thing that's going on in the world, but we stand fast in the gospel of Jesus Christ and we stand fast for the presence of the Holy Spirit and we stand fast for your voice to us, not just through other people. So Lord, we say, come today, have your way, have your way, Holy Spirit. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we honour you today. We honour you today. We thank you today. Lord, we bless what you're doing and I ask that you would impart to us a fresh revelation of wisdom. Wisdom, spirit of wisdom, a spirit of wisdom. A spirit of wisdom, a spirit of wisdom that would be a mighty force in this region. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Deposit it in us in a fresh new way today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.